0: I'm Jonathan Wakefield, and this is the Beer Hour on Sirius XM Business Radio 132. I'm here in the tap room with our co-host, Maria Cabre. What's going on, Maria? Hey, John. Tomorrow is Veterans Day.
1: It's also my brother Ricky's birthday. <laughs> and shout out to Jaime, it was yes. my other brother, and it was his birthday on Monday. Very so happy nice. birthday.
0: Yes, and uh, this is a very Veterans Forward show.
1: Our first guest co-founded Tactical Brewing Co. in Orlando, Florida in 2018. A former U.S. Marine, he served for four years as a rifleman on deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan. Since opening on Veterans Day 2018 with his friend Chris Holland, his brewery has become a haven for Orlando-area craft beer lovers. His beers have garnered attention throughout the state of Florida. All the while, our next guest has remained true to the brewery's other mission to support the local veterans community.
0: Welcome to the Beer Hour, Doug Meyer. Thank you very much for joining us today. It is a pleasure to have you on the Beer Hour. Thanks for having me. So, uh, as we always do on the Beer Hour, we always kind of like to go back to the roots of of everything and kind of find out, you know, some of the basics. So, where did did you actually grow up at?
2: So, I grew up in uh, the Coral, Fort Myers area, southwest
0: Florida. Nice, nice, nice. Where did you go to high school down there?
2: Uh, I went to Mariner High School in Cape Coral. Yeah. Oh, very nice. So I go and visit as much as I can. Uh, Cape Coral actually has a really cool scene uh in terms of craft beer and food now. It's gonna become like I don't know, a pretty cool spot.
0: Nice, nice. When did you join the Marines?
2: Uh so I joined when I was eighteen, fresh out of high school. Yeah, I was I was eighteen in Iraq. So I was one oh, of the youngest guys there. Dang. Yeah, man. So yep. <laughs> Uh, did four years, and then got out, went to college. Uh, while I was in, obviously, uh, that, that's when I got my passion for ground gear.
0: Really? But, yeah, yeah. So you were in the Marines for four uh, four years?
2: Yeah, four years yeah, as a uh, rifleman.
0: Oh, nice. Where did you do your uh, your basic training at?
2: Um, Camp Lejeune. Oh, oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, Paris
1: Island.
0: Paris yeah, Island. Which, Yes, yeah, I, I know that uh, actually I know police. that very well. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yes.
1: Not because you went there for military training.
0: Uh, n- no, because <laughs> growing up, uh, my mom was married to a marine. Oh, so yeah, we I knew Paris Island well, and I also knew Camp Lejeune very well.
1: That's in South Carolina, right? No, Paris Island is not. Paris
0: Island is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Paris yes. Island. Camp up, Lejeune is in then, North Carolina.
2: Yeah, Jacksonville,
0: North Carolina. That's yep. where
2: I was
1: stationed. Actually, so. I actually, I
0: actually live
2: there. Oh shit! I live in both spots. Lucky uh, you, man. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm surprised you didn't
0: talk to still. So yeah, they. Uh, I still get those advertisements. Like if you lived in Camp Lejeune from like yeah. '83 to like whatever, in the water poisoning. Yeah, I get those emails. Yeah.
2: Yeah, dude. yeah, that's <laughs> crazy, man. Yeah, everyone's always like, "Oh, you're stationed in Jacksonville, awesome." Like, no, not awesome. Jacksonville, North Carolina. Yeah, that's completely that's, uh,
0: different yes it is completely different different. so if you were a rifleman that that mean you're pretty good with a rifle pretty good shot
2: yeah i I think i think you still got it yeah Uh, yeah infantry um so like our mos would be like oh three eleven um yeah you know we uh like our, our main job was to you know go and take down doors and all that stuff
0: nice nice what was uh what was your weapon of choice
2: Um, So, I was a team leader. I had an M4 with a 203 grenade launcher.
0: Oh. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. So, you actually spent time in Iraq. Anywhere else?
2: Yeah, I went to Afghanistan, too. So, I did did a little bit of both wars.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Jesus, dude.
0: (laughs) You've seen seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, you know, when I went to Iraq, it it wasn't as kinetic as it had been like years prior. But when I went to Afghanistan, it was the most kinetic time frame, like 2010,
0: 2011. Yeah, I mean, you're in the heart of it then. Yeah, man.
2: But yeah, man. We're uh, we're sleeping in mud huts, no shower for seven months.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, they
2: drop us off in helicopters and be like, "All right, see you."
0: Yeah, actually, I the guy that trains me, my my PT at my gym, is a former Marine. And he told me the story of rappelling out of a helicopter, being fifth man, and as the fourth man hit the ground, fire went live. Yeah. So he he fast rappelled, ended up like third degree spraining his ankle. They taped him up, and they had to hoof it for like 15 miles while oh he's my on a God, third that degree. Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> full full pack and everything, oh, dude. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, was, yeah.
2: We definitely got our walking in for Afghanistan. So for Iraq, we were mounted a lot of, a lot of mounted
0: patrols, right? Afghanistan, no
2: vehicles at all for, for my, uh, platoon, uh, just walking everywhere. And then we'd go take over little subsections of, of Marja, uh, live in mud huts. We split off usually about like 12 of us. So actually just, 20 of us.
0: So what was it like when you came home? I mean, we've had other vets on the show. I mean, most of the guys say they feel a little lost. I mean, can you describe that feeling when you left the Marines and field of combat and came back to civilian life? Like, what was that yeah, like?
2: Yeah, so um, I'll be honest, that was definitely one of the hardest times in my life, um, and that's a big, uh, big portion of like why we started, you know, Tactical Brewing Company because I didn't want anyone else to have to go through that. Uh, think about like, you know, you're you're fighting alongside. At least with my job, you're fighting alongside your best friends essentially at that point. And then after you do your time, it's all right, peace out. You know, you may never see some of these guys again. So it's, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, especially when you, uh, when you go back home and you know, people reach out and they try to tell you support, but it's at least for those first like two years, people just don't really uh, understand. And it's not their fault. There's just, there's no way to, uh, especially if you've been fighting. Um, so it was a rough path for me. Um, Luckily, I linked up with a few of the Marines that I served with, and we we rented a house together in good old Orlando. So that's how I <laughs> beer. we all went to UCF and definitely didn't cause any mayhem.
0: right. So was but it yeah,
2: during that time for him, like, like brewing beer in the garage? Nice,
0: that. nice. So, I mean, was it the time at UCF that's when you got into craft beer?
2: So, actually, when I was in the military, just traveling all over, I was always that weirdo that, like, split off. Like, everyone's drinking, uh, you know, Jamison and stuff. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to go find some IPAs. uh <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just just traveling all over. It really, really opened my eyes. to Like, as soon as I – I forgot what beer it was, but, like, as soon as I had a good, you know, like, West Coast IPA, I was like, this is awesome. And <laughs> fell in love after that.
0: Oh, man. So, when along the line did you actually meet uh, Chris – Chris Holland.
2: Um, so me and Chris met at a homebrewers club, actually. Really? Um, probably, you know, I was still going to college uh, when I was working on my uh, MBA. And so I was, I traded a whole business plan to do a brewery and uh, I pitched it to him. He was the president of the uh, homebrew club at the time. And he shot a lot of holes in it and I really respected that. And so we got teamed up and opened the tactical together. But yeah, just humble beginnings inside of a little, pizzeria
0: <laughs> so I mean it was your it was your base idea then you were the one that had the idea to open the brewery from the jump
2: yes yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so and then
2: you know obviously s- calling it tactical I knew uh, you know we the whole goal was uh, to get vet- like veteran presence that that could come in and, and build that camaraderie within our establishment you know maybe get a a job out of it uh, at the very least uh make some friends and know that they're welcome but also our big uh goal with with tactical is to not make you feel like you're in a BFW, right like we don't want, it's you go in there and it's just very <laughs> open. we're very opening like welcoming to,
0: nice. to everybody nice if, if
2: you know you know but if not then right you know, rock on
0: yeah so i was going to say by the name tactical i was either going to say that you were like a gun aficionado or you were a vet I mean, before I found out you were marine, it was was one or the other. You know what I mean. So, but now I know. So, but I'm sure you were still a gun aficionado, even though you were still a vet as well. I mean, we live in Florida. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I do, I do uh, appreciate guns every now and then.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, how did you guys actually go about financing the opening of Tactical Brewing?
2: Um once again, very humble beginnings. We, I, I pulled out a loan. And so, uh, literally SBA veterans advantage loan. And we did a lot of the build out ourselves to help, you know, save that money where we could. And then our like brewing system, the original system, uh, was, you know, little guy, like we have tens and twenties now, but, uh, we'd have to triple batch to fill the tens before we upgraded to the new system. So Chris and I would be in there brewing, you know, 18 hour days. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. And then, you know, it's was, it was a good problem to have. But before COVID, uh, where we are, uh, Baldwin Park used to throw block parties on the first Friday of every month. Right. So we couldn't make enough beer. We were only open like three days a week or like four days a week maybe for like the first year. Wow. And then literally right before COVID hit, we invested in all the new equipment. Yep. And that hit for like, goddamn, yep. of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that happened to me. I, I bought... Uh, uh, I bought a 15-barrel footer, a 15-barrel stainless, and two thirties, right before COVID hit. Jesus, man. Yeah. I think, I think it all hit us, like, in that way. Because I think a lot of us were at the crux of coming to an apex. Like, we were on a giant swing up. And then all of a sudden that hits. And you're like, yeah, hey, we're going to do 5,000 barrels because I just ordered all these tanks. And all of a sudden it was like, door shuts on you. You know what I mean? And it's like you come to a oh, realization. Yeah. So, you got – what? What was the original brew house size?
2: Um so it was a pretty much like a three point five barrel. And so we just triple bash and filled the tens. And now we're at a ten and some twenty. We have um we have nine tens all day and then uh two twenties.
0: Oh dang, nice. So how much capacity are you guys able to do now?
2: Um we're trying to slowly work up. We're we're at about um we're only doing about a hundred to one hundred and ten barrels a month right now.
0: Nice. And what's your, I mean, obviously, I think times are obviously a little different nowadays. So are you, where are you trying to get to, do you think, annual production?
2: Um, I'd like, I'd, with our current setup, and uh, we're going to upgrade our for tandem. I'd really like to
0: get closer to 200 nice uh, per nice. month. So. so doing about 2,500 barrels a year.
2: Yeah, that, that's cool.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's a good number, actually. I think that's what, you know, we're trying to do down here as well. I mean, I think that's a good sweet spot nowadays to kind of supply your house and you know if you have some distro kind of meet those numbers as well so where are you guys exactly located so you could tell our listeners and what is what's the neighborhood like and i think you kind of hinted at it early on in the conversation like what is the building that you're in what did it used to be
2: yeah so we're in an area called Walden park and it's within the city of orlando it's about seven minutes northeast of downtown and the entire area actually used to be an old Navy base. And so they tore everything down and like Oh, four built built where we are now. So it's a lot of, uh, on our main strip, like nice restaurants. We're the only brewery that's allowed to be down here. So that's pretty dope. Um, and then apartments and stuff above us. So like during COVID, for instance, like one of our regulars dropping buckets, (laughs) 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 dropping the bucket down, we'll send the POS up. It's like, all right, Kevin, take care. Cause he's in the 70s wouldn't be safe. You know, but, (laughs)
0: So, are you in an old pizzeria? Is that what the, you
2: said? No, no, no. So, oh man, what was it before? It's be like a you know those like interactive like golf bars.
0: So, like the virtual golf bars.
2: Yes, it was that. It was that. Yeah. So we tore down all all that and opened it all up. But we're pretty small, man. It's like a four thousand square foot setup.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I think we're just under five thousand here, and awesome. Yeah, it's you can do a lot out of a little space. I don't, I can't tell you how many people have come down here from much larger breweries and go. Oh, you do that much beer out of here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes, oh, we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It, you start jamming. I mean, you work within your confines. You know, you work with your means, and you make the best out of that. So, I mean, even though I, I probably would have kept one of the virtual driving ranges if it was me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was <something. laughs> So, as far as, like, that goes, like, obviously, you guys were open before the pandemic, and you're now on a course to try to shoot for 200 barrels a month. What kind of beers do you guys focus on as far as, like, what's your, you know, do you have core beers? Like, I mean, what styles do you focus on? Or, like, just take us through that.
2: Yeah, so, we're very ADD when it comes to our beers. We release a new beer almost every single Friday. Uh, we literally have probably two or three cores that we keep around all the time, you know, lager, base lager, slight lager, um, and then pepper bison. and then we have, actually one of our cores is a watermelon sour. Um, so Those are the three we keep around all the time. Besides that, we're constantly rotating. We do a lot of sours. We do a lot of lagers, barrel-aged
0: lagers. And I think you do uh, gluten-free? Yeah. yeah, you do gluten-free as well, right? Yeah, most are gluten
2: free, so they're healthy.
0: Right, right, right. But I <laughs> they but they're um, seltzer base.
1: Yeah, and then we pre- we pretty
0: fine, So nice, do it that route. Nice. I
1: already yeah. picked his brain about it while you were outside on the phone. It said
0: lactose free too. It, they yeah, do have
1: yeah. like our collab that's coming out at the five year anniversary this weekend. Nice. Yeah, um, that beer
2: came out awesome. They're candidate literally as
0: we speak. Nice.
1: What's it called? The collab?
2: Mamma
1: Mia. Mamma Mia. <laughs> they, Rocco, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: for the Italians. Put me down for a keg. <laughs> Got
0: you. So, I mean, beyond Mamma Mia, I mean, these strategically chaotic beers, as, they, as you so call it, what do you think has hit the best? Like, I mean, have you seen a shift over the five-year mark as to what rings true now with customers versus back then.
2: No, it's changed drastically. It's, I mean, base logger's has always been around, so that's that's our number one seller constantly. Just our light logger. Um, we've been fortunate to win some hardware with that one too. Um, but in terms of like just all the random weird beers that we do, you know, we used to do a lot of like white stouts. Um, we don't do that so many anymore now. But it seems
0: to be more popular. Hold on, style hold, back then it wasn't. Hold on a second, you actually did white stouts. Yeah, yeah, and they would <laughs> fly, dude. They would
1: fly. John yeah. would make fun of me because I wanted that to make a white true. stout. Yes, it's no. true. Okay.
0: First off, Cigar City released one, and you're like, we need to do a white stout. I'm like, who is going to drink a golden ale infused with coffee to make it coffee, taste like yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I know it the style cool. very well.
2: It's pretty cool to see, like, uh, you know, someone that's not familiar with it. They're just, like, see their eyes light up and be like, what? Oh, my dirt
0: exactly yeah i mean it's kind of it definitely screws with your mind because you're definitely not expecting that roast characteristic to come out of a light colored beer
1: right it's light colored where usually but it tastes stouts like are stout. dark yeah. yeah but it tastes like and it has you're the drinking full body. a dark beer right so it it's like a mind fuck yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah yeah we have one we release every year for cinco de mayo called the aztec death whistle and uh <laughs> if after this look up on youtube like what that sounds like it's terrifying but anyway, that's a white out <laughs> with cinnamon, chocolate, coffee, and habanero. It's it's really good.
0: Do you do you tend to base? I mean, obviously, besides Mama Mia, do you tend to base all like your beer names off of tactical references?
2: Sometimes, but like I said before, we don't want people to feel like it's like a you know not to knock on the BFW or anything like that. It's right. just you know we you know we, we want everyone to feel welcome, and so I don't want you to like have to come up and order like. A bar,
0: grenade
2: okay. like
0: <laughs> 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 right. So, right. So,
2: some Get, of that stuff, like, it's if you know, you know, like right. MRE hop soup, like MREs are just like the disgusting <laughs> food that we have to eat over there.
0: Meals ready to eat. I mean, like, uh, like the uh, oh my, I, I, I had a few of those growing up as a child too. So <laughs> yes, those were amazing to say the least i always enjoyed the peanut butter that came in with like the crackers that was probably the best part yeah. of it anything else like in the packages like the the soups and stuff that was like yeah that's that was like a no go
2: oh yeah man we lived on those literally for seven months
0: john and something different on like, every episode yeah I, i've lived john's like childhood 20, is different on every episode it's
3: like i was a lumberjack in yeah. the <laughs> north woods <laughs> yeah, of yeah, washington that's, state that's, yeah, as a kid yeah. Yeah. i grew up in the middle <laughs> yeah. I, I ate yeah. MREs. many many childhoods in
0: one yes yes i had yes. more than a few MREs yes.
3: i roped good. steer in yes. montana when i was yes.
0: a kid yeah, yeah probably there you go. i no, I moved cattle from field to field <laughs> oh, in Washington with the cattle go, right. Yes, I did.
3: That's cool. It'll all be in his autobiography <laughs> yes, coming I, out uh, soon. Yeah.
0: Soon, very soon. So, like, as we've had some of the other veterans on the show, like, we, we tend to ask, like, does Tactical Brewing do anything for local Orlando veterans?
2: All the time, yeah, all the time. We work with at least, at least, like, probably 40 nonprofits a year.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: So, whether that be as simple as just donating beer or hosting the events, yeah, literally all the time we do. So, yeah. tomorrow, for instance, we'll be, it's not a nonprofit, but there's definitely a better, like, tomorrow's Marine Corps birthday. Absolutely. Uh, November 10th. So, uh, we'll be hosting all the uh, lovely crayon eaters in there singing along. and.
0: Seven for five. We'll
2: have like 100. Oh, yeah. six for five for that night. <laughs> It's I'm. So, did you karate. did you
0: make a sephirah beer? No, no, Crane eater. We do
2: Crane eater. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
0: I can respect that one. I can respect that one. I also like to ask. I mean, because obviously of your background in the military, and we we like to ask this question: like, what if anything from your military training helped you prepare? for owning and operating a brewery?
2: I think being able to remain calm under stress ah. really helped. Like, yeah. it, it helped a lot, honestly. You know, the build-out, oh. there's always delays. Even now, it'll be a Saturday, right? That's when the glycol chiller is going to break. That's when something <laughs> is going no, like,
0: to break. No, there's no wood. Knock Do you through. have some wood around you because uh, you're saying all this yeah, stuff, I've man. been
2: knocking the whole time.
0: All right.
3: Can I ask yeah, a question?
2: Just being able to remain calm yeah. in chaotic situations just really, really helps a lot. I,
3: I, I'm curious, Doug, when you when you decided to get an MBA, was opening a brewery like in your head already?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yep. At that time, it yeah. was. And do you, do you think that helped I you as well
3: sure. uh, getting the MBA?
2: 100 percent because the connections I made and literally like and, and with a lot of the students that attended the MBA program with me come in all the time. But and they they can attest to this, but literally every single class I had cater towards opening a brewery, so yeah, I'd be staying after class with, like, the ex-CEO of Pillsbury, and, like, he's helping me write my business plan. And oh,
0: that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Really that's took awesome. advantage of it. So did you do, like, you said your undergrad was also at UCF or no?
2: Yeah, yeah double, double night, go nights, so.
0: <laughs> Actually, a couple of my cousins went to UCF and graduated from there, and I think oh, one, of, one of them still works there, so they're, they're UCF alumni's. Even though I still consider you guys like the, the like the the smaller brother of, of some of the other Florida schools, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, we're in first year in the Big Twelve, so it's, yeah. It's, no, that was
0: actually a big jump. I mean, that's a big jump to go from where you guys were at to the Big Twelve. And I know there's going to like we get into college football all day long, but like it's, <laughs> I think come next year the whole college football's landscape is going to be drastically different. Except uh, Temple, right? Temple should anywhere. just
3: get rid of football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to we used to play Central Florida, though. I, I guess we don't anymore. But yeah, no, yeah, we, no. we we did uh, before. But um...
0: so so here, here's the your logo. Oh, nice, logo. nice. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it, dude. So actually, this Sunday is going to be your fifth year anniversary. So tell us a little about what's going down, man.
2: Yeah, so we turned five. Technically, I'm better in this day, but uh sunday is going to be when we celebrate we're throwing a flop party uh we're closed down the entire street we have over 20 vendors some of the best food vendors in in orlando and orlando's food scene is is really really popped up i mean it's crazy and and the beer scene too over these last couple years has really changed oh yeah um but but yeah we're gonna have 20 vendors we'll have the uh like the from Faded Kingdom, the beer fest that we throw, we have these medieval knights that are like MMA fighters, and they're going to be fighting in the middle of the street. <laughs> and then uh, you know, beer tents all over. It's just a giant party. It's free for everybody. Nice. So nice. It's it's going to be a good time.
0: So, are you charging beers, or is you, or like per ticket pours, or how's that going down?
2: Um, yeah, we'll just have the POS systems out there, so we'll be oh, selling nice. it like at the bar.
0: Oh, um, nice. We
2: extended our premises for the two P. so yeah, we'll we'll. Have like three different beers at each tent, and then have the actual bar open as well. So, so we should get nice. We should get at least like three thousand people or so.
0: Oh, that's dope, man. That's dope. And you're it'll obviously be, be fun. releasing Mamma Mia. Any other beers you guys oh, are yeah. dropping?
2: Yeah, we have five coming out that day. Woo. So we did the collab with you guys. We have a ten percent IPA that we brewed up with Algae with honey that came out really nice. Nice. Uh, we have a uh, Barrel aged my block. We had it sitting in uh, Manhattan barrels, so that'd be cool. And then what else? We got a couple, a couple other sours like Crane Eater, and then more crayons. Is <laughs> another like tiki sour that we're doing.
0: That's awesome, man. So last question, really. I mean, what advice would you give a vet who is struggling with the transition back to civilian life after serving in his or her country, like? what's what do you think is a good route to help get you back into that swing
2: don't don't be alone need yeah. to link up with some other guys that you served with for sure that's or if, if you can't get a hold of any of them then go find some other guys that have been through what you have it's it's you know that's that's a big part of why we were stuck to be a part of the November movement right like right. see my beautiful mustache right here yep. but the, the suicide aspect of that Bringing that to light is important to me. I've lost a lot of friends that I served with that, their own lives. And, and if you can prevent it, yeah, one of the biggest preventions is, is linking up with other guys that have gone yeah. through what you have.
0: Yep. Yeah. Finding not like minded, but obviously like people that you can obviously share stories and kind of build off each other. Camaraderie.
2: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And it gets easier. It really does. It's this first two years, I'd say, or rough, and then you kind of get climatized to live in... Live in I, I, I call it the red pill and the blue pill in the matrix, right? Like, <laughs> right. this is real life. This is fake. Like, this didn't happen. It's, it's crazy to get over, honestly. Well That'd I, be my advice.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, absolutely, to definitely try to find people that you can talk to and get along with. I mean, it was like when we had the discussion with the guys from Movember. I think it's definitely finding that group of whether it's men or women to, that you can obviously talk to and, and, share stories and go out and do things and don't isolate yourself. And, and, you know, Just
1: have that support,
0: have that support, man. Yeah, Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much for joining us, man. This has been awesome. And I wish you nothing but uh, luck and love for your uh, fifth year anniversary. And, uh, hoorah, man. Semper Fi. Thanks for your service. Yeah. Thank you all so much
2: for, for having me on. Seriously.
0: Of the blessed. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Thank we'll you. We'll be
1: up there soon. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Let me know when. We'll, we'll get We're you some trying tattoos. to make it work, brother. You got to get the collab tattooed, though. So. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, I'm down. Absolutely. So. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You're listening to The Beer Hour with Jonathan Wakefield. Conversations on the business of brewing and popular culture.
1: Our next guest is the founder of the Orlando chapter of Veterans Beer Club. BBC is a community-based group which organizes monthly professional networking events at Craft Beer Breweries in 15 locations across the country. Founded in 2016 by three retired Marines, Phil Kendro, Brian Grana, and Kevin Cortez in San Diego, California, the group has been responsible for helping countless veterans make meaningful professional connections in their local communities.
0: Welcome to the Beer Hour, Baron Mills. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Actually, just in time for Veterans Day coming up here.
4: It is. In fact, I, I spent, the, spent the morning at a Veterans Day event, and I have one tomorrow morning. And then, of course, Veterans Day is on Saturday. So this is a busy time of year if, uh, if you're an active veteran, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. I would say so. So do you mind giving us a little background on Veterans Beer Club? Like who founded it? How many chapters are there? And what is the mission?
4: Yeah, so the uh, the Godfathers of, of VBC and VBC is how we affectionately refer to it. It's uh, Phil Kendro, Brian Grana, and Kevin Cortez. They're all retired Marines, based out of San Diego. And it was about uh, a little over eight years ago that they founded the concept. And it's pretty simple. It's like, hey, we got a lot of transitioning military members and veterans, uh, and, and inclusive of all that, it's always military spouses who are looking for new opportunities. And how do you get that? It's through networking. And so they said, hey. Why don't we just start meeting up at local breweries and fighting uh conditioned military veterans to show up and let's help each other out and so uh that's how it got got started and um they've had a a good good number of folks uh, uh participating out there in san diego so then you have guys like me who are elsewhere in the country and uh kind of hungry for something similar right so I, I retired from the marine corps in 2016 after 20 years and um in my first role uh, as a program manager, a hiring manager, and uh, I, I kind of learned how I had why I had such a hard time getting a, a role, and while uh, other veterans were having a hard time too, and a big part of that was networking. And where I am here in Orlando, there's actually a huge veteran population, and a lot of folks that like to help veterans. But when it comes to networking events, you know, which is again so important to making the right connections, uh there's nothing that was just for veterans, particularly those looking for uh, new roles in industry and so forth. Um, there are a lot of great organizations that support veterans or welcome men, but nobody that said, hey, we're here just to mainly, uh, you know, support uh, veterans and finding new opportunities. And so I came across uh, BBC that was happening in San Diego, I found it on LinkedIn and I reached out to to the guys and said, hey man, can I do this in Orlando? And they said, go for it. And uh, we launched in April of 2018, and except for, you know, a little, little hiatus, um, In 2020, during COVID, we've been going strong ever since. Uh, And again, the concept is simple. Every month, we uh, have a brewery uh, in the local area. You know, for for Orlando, it's pretty much similar in Orlando counties um, that we offer a a meetup. Hey, uh, We put it on LinkedIn and Facebook and just, it's open to anybody. Show up, whether you're new or been around for a while. It's a welcoming atmosphere. It's laid back. It's informal. And uh We'll tell you about a lot of great stuff you don't know about, and connect you to people that can help you out.
0: That's awesome. So this is definitely a uh, Semper Fi show yeah, between sure you is, and yeah. you and Doug.
4: <laughs> yes, uh, that definitely came in my head. Yeah, Doug, uh, myself, and then the three guys in San Diego. Like, yeah, Uh And right of course, Marines we were born in Tun Tavern, Philadelphia. So Marines and, and uh, bars and breweries we go hand in hand. Nice. I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't
3: know that. Where, which tavern in Philadelphia? I'm from Philadelphia. Tun Tavern. It, oh, it, really?
4: It doesn't exist any longer. Right. There's a placard up saying that's where we think it was. Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's wild. That's, that's part of the lore of the Marine Corps, right? Is yeah. Yep. started in the yeah. bar. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's awesome. And it's,
3: and it's not a coincidence that we have all Marines on the show because Marines get shit done, right? Is that, is that what you're here to say? Yeah, correct. <laughs> right.
0: Well, we definitely, so you said 20 years in service, so we definitely would say thank you very much for your service. I uh, absolutely appreciate it. So the idea here is helping vets in monthly professional networking events at breweries like who do you see that typically events obviously does this go beyond the Marine Corps this is all branches I'm assuming absolutely
4: yeah yeah um, all branches active duty reserves National Guard uh you know uh spouses um brothers and sisters right it's very right it's very inclusive anybody can show up but the focus is on those veterans and spouses that are looking for new primarily professional opportunities um jobs you know so here in Orlando right, how do you get connected to Disney? Right. How do you get um, into some of the big defense contractors like Lockheed Martin yes. uh, and, and yeah. so forth? Or how do you get into uh, you know some of the government um, opportunities and so forth? Right, so that can be very hard, but the veteran population is large enough that we're there's a, there's a veteran in every company basically somewhere. Right, and so the more those that can show up, then that's more opportunity, more foot in the door for uh, for others uh, looking for it. So. Uh, right it's, it's going to be a different flavor in every every vbc uh, across the nation like uh so you know Orlando is not a military town right we've got a 14 acre uh military facility here um all the branches are here but it's not like there's a big navy uh, right, uh, right. base or something like that right. uh, like in in Tampa or Jacksonville or
0: Richmond or San Diego any, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah yeah so but we've got this really large veteran population so the folks that are you know going to come to our events are a lot of mainly they just got out of the service, right? So a lot of them, either they or their spouses grew up in Central Florida and are like, let's go back. Or, you know, um, Orlando just has this, you know, attraction. It's Florida, sun and fun. Um, p- some people are Disney files or, you know, love the amusement person and stuff. And they're like, let's just take a, a chance and go and see what we can find there. Um, so that's, that's a lot of who's showing up. And so they show up and even whether they grew up here or not, their professional network is almost non-existent. Really? So, yeah. Uh, so, so our meetups, but also we have an online presence, right? Each of the VBCs generally has LinkedIn pages, LinkedIn groups, as well as Facebook uh, pages and groups. Uh, there's also a lot of online, you know, virtual connecting that, that happens there as well, sharing about uh, job opportunities that are available, um, introducing people to recruiters and head- headhunters and so forth. So, um, right, so, so it's meant to be collaborative. Uh, everybody has an equal, equal voice and, and an opportunity to share and, and help each other out.
3: Baron, do you have do you have recruiters coming to the events yet? Have, have, sometimes, events? yeah.
4: So I, I would say, um, I would say San Diego definitely has a little more of a, a formalized kind of program put together mm-hmm. uh, here in Orlando. Wow, I mean, it's all this is all pure volunteer stuff. So sure. uh, sometimes we do have recruiters showing up. Sometimes uh, not. Um, you know, sometimes we have ten people. Sometimes we have seventy people.
0: It's, wow. Okay.
4: It's, yeah. it's, it, it varies.
0: We need a. I think we need a Miami chapter. There's not yeah. one in Miami, is there?
4: Uh, nothing I'm aware of. I believe there's one in West Palm, or at least there has been there. Right. But, uh, but no, I'm not, I'm not aware of one really down working hard in South Florida.
0: So, I mean, so there's probably, what would you say, probably 15 chapters or so? I mean, I, there are definitely yes seems...
4: Yeah, that's a, a good rough number. Yeah. And, and there's like, uh, about, uh, once a month we do a, a national Zoom meeting, talk about what's going on. I'm usually able to take part in that, but not always, but... Uh, there's a lot on the horizon. So uh this is where uh Kevin and Phil and, and uh Brian can talk better than me, but uh there's been really so much offer of support in the past years. Originally they said, hey, we're not gonna turn this into a nonprofit, but but now really there's so many people wanting to support that they can't not do that. Right. So they are taking steps to uh formally establish uh BBC as a five oh one C three um in order yep. to take advantage of that that charitable support that's being offered. Um and uh going forward um, yeah
0: so i mean i but there definitely seems like there's room for growth nationwide obviously especially with all this you know the backing that you're you're talking about what is involved in setting up a local chapter like you did in orlando right
4: it's always people who are just willing to to serve others and give a little bit of their time um it's never it's not an extreme amount of time but it's one of those if you can't do it every month then it's not going to work out so uh you know we here we basically have a a handful crew. So um, I've been involved from the start, you know, one of the co-founders and, uh, you know, I help promote uh, the events, invite a lot of people out to it. uh, You try to maintain our volunteer base. So right now we have Tommy Hempill, who's another Marine vet. Uh, He's our recon guy. So Tommy basically, uh, he loves, loves beer and he goes and, and checks out the newest breweries or the ones we haven't been to yet. And, it makes a uh, liaison uh, relationship building with the uh, the breweries, let, let us know we exist. Talks about the idea of us maybe going there. And nice. then we've got Paula Iwanski. She's an Air Force veteran, married to a Marine veteran, and uh, she's the one that then does the coordination with the location to identify the best date in the month and, uh, and set us up for that. And then we've got Jason Masquelli, uh, Air Force veteran, who will then take care of us on social media, get the events posted, and, and help share it there. Right? So it's a really small team um then we got also we got uh, john will tenney uh uh next to the air force john's our sheriff he i uh, just like the policing <laughs> on social media making sure nobody gets out of hand and so forth <laughs>
0: right. always have to have a sheriff yeah, you, you know that. you always yeah, but have a sheriff. you
4: know it, it's a small group that everybody just says a little something but right. together it, it it turns into this you know monthly event that we're able to put on
0: that's awesome so uh, are the breweries mostly receptive to the idea of hosting the events
4: well yeah they love it of course absolutely of course you know, uh I mean, For the most part, who doesn't love, you know, feeling like they're helping the, the veteran community out Absolutely. and how much to come in? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we try to do is is find, hey, what's your least busy night? Right. Because that's when we want to be there. Right. For one thing we don't we don't want trivia night or a live band or something like that drowning out the conversation. Right. That's what we're there for. They're right. for to connect and have meaningful conversations. So I if you have a dead night, that's a perfect night for us to show up. And that's what we want. So they they appreciate that business that happens as well. That's awesome. And then you know if it's, if it's done right right then we create some you know new patrons uh to the location as well you know during the year there are you know two or three spots we'll sometimes go to twice in a year um but for the most part it's it's a brand new um location every month
0: awesome so but i mean typically i mean right because i think there's i mean there's not an infinite but there's a finite number of breweries in orlando so i'm sure you make rounds over the time period as you go
4: uh, well, so we we certainly have like uh, a half dozen, seven you know or so breweries that are a little bit of our go to, right? Of course. So you know, Doug and Tactical, you know, we probably would have kicked off this thing in April of two thousand eighteen at Tactical, but Doug actually wasn't wasn't open yet then, right? Right. Um, he was supportive from the get go and, and helped introduce us to some other uh, breweries. Uh, actually a couple of places in our first year shut down They're not even in operation any right. longer. So right. we can't yeah. go back to them. Right. Um but the Doug's place is is a great place to go. We're usually there twice a year. Um and there's some others uh that we frequent often twice a year just because they're a good draw, um they're a good good location. Um but we if if you were looking at the map of the places we hit, it's it's pretty scattered. Uh you know, I I live in a area that's northeast of uh orlando and i typically have a 30 to 45 minute drive myself
0: you out by Los a no i'm the on
4: uh, the other side I'm, I'm in an area called Oviedo. oh okay. is, i know so, Oviedo. yeah you know about ucf yep. you know which is like when you so when you if you're not familiar with orlando all you know about is there's amusement parks <laughs> right. it's all on the west side right and that that is like that's that's what makes orlando yeah. tick uh, more yeah. than anything else yep uh the the, vac- the tourist dollars are very, very much appreciated Uh, but There's a lot more going on in Orlando than that, and especially if you go to the east side, that's where UCF, you know, second largest uh, college in the the nation is. Um, you got a heavy uh, defense and government presence and everything, so that's where uh, a lot of, uh, especially a lot of retired folks uh, live over towards that side.
0: Nice, nice. I mean, so one of the things, I mean, you had alluded, obviously, now you guys are going to go to a nonprofit, but like that, that VBC doesn't really solicit any donations like all the chapter leaders work on a volunteer basis and the attendees buy their own beer and really so out of engagement obviously besides providing the beer the breweries also provide a space i mean to me being obviously a brewery owner i mean it it definitely to me would be a a lax kind of vibe and feel for people to be able to kind of unwind and have those conversations that need to be had so i think i mean at least in my opinion i think it's a good choice (laughs) i mean
4: yeah no, it's a great fit. Absolutely. Um, right. So in, in the military, networking is not something that's it's getting better, but it's not something that's taught and like really, really pushed. Right. Um, and so it's it's really a foreign idea to us uh, when we get out and we right. hear about networking. It sounds almost like brown nosing or, right. or what is this? <laughs> and it takes it takes a little bit of um, of acclimatization and so forth to get used to it. And then once you realize, well, this is how really things happen. This is how things happen in the business world and people making decisions like you have to know you have to be a known commodity and right. so the best way to do that is to you know meet others and start building those relationships
3: that, that's an interesting point baron do, do you guys give any pointers on networking like say somebody comes in and they're right they're that's new to the process do you you know do you offer some some advice on right that's what that? i was going to ask what do you Good. think
0: like coming out of the military <clears throat> what do you think is the hardest part about i mean getting back into a workforce obviously I mean, it, it is that is it that point of networking, kind of starting from ground zero well, and not really knowing.
4: Well, it's a crucial crucial element. Um, I mean, particularly if you're looking for like a white collar, you know, job right. stuff, even right. more important um, than some of your blue collar stuff. But uh, so, I, like, uh, you know, the, the military is big enough and so varied that it's hard to like say you know one size fits all. But but I, I'll tell you, one of the biggest problems coming out of the military is just knowing uh, what can I do and what do I want to do. Right. Right. So you're talking right. in, the, in the service. Uh, Some people have contracts that that kind of, you know, say you're going to do this occupational specialty coming in. But for the most part, the the military tells us what we're going to do once we're in. Right. And we do that. But also, whether you're in for four years or 40, you do all these other things. And you get get thrown into these impossible situations that you have to make, make happen. So we come out of it knowing that we can basically do anything. And we're used to just being told go do that right and we're like all right get the and job, then you though. get out in the civilian yeah. world and they're like no we want you to do this specific can you prove to me you can do this and that's something that we haven't figured out how to how to do to you know narrow down our military experience to prove to that employer yes i can do exactly that thing you're asking for right there so that's that's one of the hardest things is is figuring out what can we do what do we want to do and then translate that to civilian employers
0: nice i mean do you have any stories? I mean, I mean, how? I mean, I'm, I have to imagine these are pretty successful networking <clears throat> events. I mean, do you see positive results coming out of this on on a good scale through these interactions that net these vets jobs?
4: Absolutely. I mean, it's it's all anecdotal. You know, we're not tracking right, right, know, right, right, data and numbers and stuff. we right. don't have some kind of survey, but uh, you know, because there's definitely times where you know you're given this volunteer time. And you're like, is it making a difference? Am I right? You know, like, should I keep doing it? Right. And usually, every every, uh, every two or three months, you know, you get that story, and it is somebody who says, "Hey, Baron, I just want you to know I, I got the job, and the only reason is because you know I'm, the connections I made at BBC. Um, it, you know, because nothing's overnight. It takes months or years in some cases for those relationships, those opportunities to fully develop and stuff. So, yeah, I, I've I've had enough, you know email linkedin or in-person conversations to know that um there are people who absolutely have found something they never knew they, were, they, they could have found um without having gone to vbc so that helps that helps keep us going it, it makes you know and it, and like there's some people who just show up to the camaraderie um of they course, just want to be around to the vets yeah yeah and uh, and then maybe after a while they're like you know what maybe i should try something new or, or do this and that also um you know we all have different things to speak to us that you know help us whether it's healing is needed or or um, you know education you know new new opportunities so everybody gets a little something different out of it Um you know we get enough the people that keep coming back that I, I think that means that uh we're doing something that's that's meaningful to them
0: absolutely absolutely uh, so how how does one say a vet in Orlando Find out about your VBC events.
4: Yeah, really, the best way is uh, online. I mean, our two biggest presence is Facebook and LinkedIn. On both of those, we have Veterans Beer Club Orlando or VBC Orlando. You can type that into the search bar and find us. We've got company pages. The company pages um, don't do a lot more than tell everybody, hey, we're going to have an event on this date. And then, hey, we just had an event. Thanks for coming out. You know, there's not a lot else put on there. Within the group um, themselves, uh, that's where all the – the extra information, you know, hey, this veterans event is going on tomorrow, or hey, here's a job opening. That this came and They'd love to hire a vet. Or if you don't know so and so yet, you need to get to know them because uh, they have the opportunity to hire folks like you, and and so forth. So, um, definitely LinkedIn and and Facebook, and then uh, we do have an Instagram um, page, and I know some other VBCs do too. And that's that's more just telling everybody, you know, about um, events that are happening and have happened. But you know, it's 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 harder to share useful information on, on ig i think versus linkedin and facebook
0: nice nice would would you say that these these interactions definitely like these these gatherings are more tailored to those white collar jobs over no blue? no it's it's a no, i think it, it runs the gamut. so
4: i do think um i would say that more of our attendees you know probably you know see you know they they were probably they probably got out after ten or twenty years in the military, so maybe they're a little bit you know they're thirties or forties, so a little bit a little bit older there, and, and yeah, they're looking for management director type roles. Right, but no, I mean you know one of our frequent guys uh, tends right now is is Dan Kelly. Dan's a uh, gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps of Reserves, and oh, represents wow. Marine for Life in, uh, in Orlando, and uh, he's a, he's a lineman himself in a, his day job, and he'll hook people up all day long with. Right lines of blue collar jobs and stuff so no it's uh it's um, when I say inclusive I mean it like it's everything um you you show up and when you say I'm looking for something we're going to know somebody whether they're there or not to point you towards and if you say I don't know where to start that's just as good because we're going to help you figure out where where to start putting yourself
0: nice nice so how does a veteran as yourself around the country find out about starting a chapter in their own town if they wanted to?
4: Yeah, so I would definitely reach out to um, the OGs, uh, Phil, Brian, and uh, and, and Kevin. Um, if you give me a second here, I'll tell you to. Uh, if you Really, the best way is uh, nationalvbc at gmail.com.
0: Okay, nationalvbc so at gmail.com. Emails
4: uh, that, that address and says, hey, heard about VBC." want to learn more i would like to get something started in my my town that's that's the best way to get going and then uh there is a national team in place of volunteers and uh, they'll help you you know figure it out and so forth but like plain and simple you need about three or four um key uh you know core team members that are going to volunteer a handful of hours or more a month um to make sure things get set up and keep rolling
0: oh nice nice so really, I mean, this is an awesome thing. I mean, I, I wish you know. Obviously, all towns had this that had a, had a beer culture. I mean, we definitely would get behind this and support this. Uh, do you guys? So, is it? It's once a month. And, yeah. Um, and typically, like, what time of the month do you typically choose to to, to meet up?
4: So, I, it certainly varies by location. But for us, it's typically more towards the end of the month. Now with uh, the holidays, uh, like. Uh, like our next one is going to be 14 November next Tuesday. Okay. It's going to be at, uh, uh, rock pit brewing, which is pretty close to the, the center of Orlando. Right. I uh, of the owners, his dad was a Marine, so he loves having us there. And then, uh, we're going to be going six December as the last one of the year at nice. Ivanhoe, uh, brewing, which is right near downtown Orlando. Yep. And of course that's to get ahead of the, the holiday schedule and stuff. Of course. So the rest of the year, we're typically third or fourth week of the month. Uh, we, and we always go Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and it varies. And the reason right. it varies is we know some people, they've got class every Tuesday night, right. or they've got another program they're involved every Wednesday. Or like, they've got things going on consistently that if we always did it on Tuesdays, we'd have some people who can never make it. So it varies, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursdays, depending on what works for the uh, the brewery we're going to. And uh, that way we know some people can't make it to every one, but if they can make it to three or four during the year, that's going to be a difference maker for them nice. and, and help it. Very nice.
3: Baron, I have a I have a question before we wrap up. It's um, Veterans Day tomorrow. Um, what's your best pitch to employers that might be listening around the country as to why they should hire veterans?
4: Yeah, so I guess part of my pitch line of that is I hear you know I think there is a problem that's been allowed to happen by the veteran community where I think uh, you know all all the all the advertisements you see are really about the wounded warriors and, and mental health problems. and Those those exist and need to be addressed. But um, don't look at the veteran community as somebody you need to help. Look at us as somebody who can help you. Right. So as an employer, right. you reach out not saying, hey, how can I help you, but saying, hey, how can you help me? Let me tell you what my problem is, and you tell me how you can help me. So that's what, in essence, we've been turned into during the military service as problem solvers. Right. And is, we just want an opportunity, right? We want an opportunity to show you that we can help solve your problems, right? Excellent. Veterans, you know, we're used to uh, showing up on time and making sure that you <laughs> don't leave until the job's done.
0: Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. That's pro- that probably is the biggest thing. You know what I mean?
4: Uh, we, we just kind of talked about being here, like flexibility, uh, adaptability, that is a hallmark of, of military service. And so
0: uh, veterans bring that as well to your, your workforce. Absolutely. So really last question for you is why do you do this? and what do you get out of this work that you put into organizing these events?
4: Yeah. So I think the reason a little bit, I've always been somebody who, who serves, um, you know, it's one of those I've looked back on and even during, you know, school and and high school and college, like I always did a little something extra to serve. Um, so it's kind of like built into me a little bit from parents and, and grandparents, some of the examples I've seen. Um, but really mainly comes down to, uh, my, Even though I got a job, right, as I was leaving the military, uh, I still was not set up for success. Right. And I've learned since then what some of the resources towards doing that are. And I want to help others avoid the, the problems I went through because uh, there's just a better way to do it. There's an easier way to do it, um, and it's through networking. Okay. And so I want to pass that on and help others avoid all the problems that I ran into. Um, right. You know, so, you know, when we talk about homelessness and mental health and so forth, I think a lot of that can be uh, curbed through people having proper uh, purpose in their lives and yes, stability in their absolutely. lives. And whether that's through entrepreneurship, the uh, right employment opportunity or, or volunteering, I think uh, we can help uh, all veterans uh, find that. And uh, and so that's that's a big reason why I do it. I just want to um, I want to help. I, I, I use the term elevate veterans want to elevate our veteran community uh, into opportunities that turn into purpose and passion. And I think that'll correct a lot of problems we're having if you can find that.
0: Awesome. Well, I definitely applaud all that. This is an awesome organization that you guys have. And uh, thank you again for serving our country. And uh, thank you for joining us today on the show. It's been awesome.
4: Absolutely. I appreciate y'all having me. Thanks, Baron. Absolutely.
0: Thank you, Baron. Thank you very much. That's it for this week. I'd like to thank our guests, Doug Meyer and Baron Mills, our co-host Maria Cabre, our producer Rocco Riggio, and our editor Brian O'Connell. Thanks for starting your weekend with us. You can catch us each Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Business Radio 132 or anytime on the SiriusXM app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate the show and leave a review. Remember people, the thirst is real.